Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Ho, 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 and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Merry Christmas, happy Christmas, joyful givings, and all of those wonderful words to you, our 100 Not Out listeners. Marcus Pierce here with you, and gee whiz, it gives me great pleasure to introduce my brother from another mother. He is Santa Claus in a human form, the great Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, legend. Merry Christmas to you, Piercy. Uh, it is the happiest time of the year. I love it. You know, I love Christmas. But it is my favorite time of the year. And um, how good is this that we've got Kim Morrison joining us today? That's. It feels like all of my Christmases have come at once. It does, no doubt, no doubt. And look, we we can hear we can hear her uh, just having a silent giggle there because this is live, and uh, Kim's excited about that. Um, we. You know, <laughs> You know when you were ho ho hoing, you know what flashed into my mind is when we were we were told by that agent ex agent of mine who said that we're just a little bit too dorky or we're dorks. Bit too vanilla. I was like, yes, we are. Yeah. How good is that? You know, like who else is going to start off their podcast with ho ho ho? Absolutely. No, that's it. We're 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 left of centre now. Let, let let us give our guest today all of the credit that she deserves because she's a multiple best-selling author of multiple best-selling books. She's the founder of 28. She's the host of the Self-Love Podcast. She is, well, one of our dear friends. She's an, she's an aromatherapist. She's a world record holder. She's a wife. She's a mother. She's a dear friend. And she is one of the leading authorities on personalities. And I'm telling you what, if you haven't had one little Barney with a friend, a family member, an awkward social occasion over this Christmas period, you're probably not human, to unpack it and to psychoanalyze the living daylights out of it. It is a beautiful welcome to the wonderful Kim Morrison. Welcome, Kimmy. (laughs) I feel like it's like, wow, where's all the drum rolls? Well, it's a treat to be here with you two special souls, my brothers from other mothers. I absolutely feel great to be here. I don't know when the last time was we had you on 100 Not Out, Kimmy, but let's just... Uh, forget oh, I about that. On not Oversight. You were on like episode fifty, but we're four hundred and five episodes young now, so it was a lifetime ago. Um, yeah. Let's just get straight to the crux of this. We recorded an episode a couple of weeks ago, pre-Christmas, about the awkward social uh, environments that some of us find ourselves in, and what our uh, modus operandi might be during those occasions. I think a great context to add to this time of year and for any time of year, for any day of the year, is what you share in your ebook, Why Can't You Be Normal Like Me, which you know I think should become a best-selling book at some point, where you unpack the four personalities. Would you be able to share, we've only got 20 minutes, I know we could do this for 20 hours, you know, what personalities we uh, may have uh, encountered over the Christmas period and um, how we can better deal with them? Well, I think first and foremost, to give this a really um, brief overview, one of the most important things to realize is this is not about boxing people in. This is based on over two and a half thousand years of work when Hippocrates first started this work. It's been brought right into this 
century through people like Florence Litauer um, and Tim LaHaye and, you know, Myers-Briggs, DISC, a whole lot of them have all been modelled off this particular model of the four um, advanced personalities. So, you know, if you have a real think about it, um, not only do we have all our filters as human beings based on our circumstances, upbringing, um, our beliefs, our values, our attitudes and all of those things, let alone the way we see, hear, smell, taste and, and hear the world, you then come across this other piece of work, which is exactly this, the Advanced, for, uh, advanced Temperament for Personalities work. And what I love about it is it just allows us to have a laugh. And when you understand that this work is really based on seeking to understand before you're understood, it's more about looking and listening than it is about speaking and putting your viewpoint across. Because ultimately, these four types are all quite different in the way that they see the world. So if you start off, we, we always start off with the powerfuls or what we call the cholerics, the control freaks. These people, you can kind of feel them before they come into the room. They've got a very big energy. They're usually quite opinionated. They have an opinion on everything. They don't suffer fools. They particularly um, can't be bothered with wishy-washy, fluffy conversation. You've got to get to the point with this type. They're the doers of the world. They're the ones that actually kind of think that no one else will do it as well as them, and they're often right. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of this. I can't relate to this at all. <laughs> I was waiting for you to pipe up. Um, but these people... You know, what we love about them is because they are a little less emotional, they often do get the job done. They are goal-orientated. They're big picture, and they are people that can usually have, you know, five, nine, ten irons all and fires happening all at once, and they'll often get the work done. So, you know, they want to get in there. They want to get the work done. They want to be a part of it, but short, sharp conversations, and often they like to, to multitask while they're at it. So play golf while you're working, or if they're going to have a Christmas function, there's something else that's happening or that they can catch up with some business or they've often got big picture ideas. Their complete opposite is what we call the precise or the phlegmatic, the, sorry, the, the peaceful, the phlegmatic. This uh, particular personality, a lot more quiet in stature. They're often probably sitting a little bit further back. They might have been called wallflowers when they were at school. Not as opinionated in an outward way. Maybe they're seen as more introverted, but they tend to have a more peaceful disposition. They're quite level-headed. They're great listeners. They're really good. They 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 seem to assist. You know, to to they can work out the situation quite quickly. Sit back, watch everybody have arguments, flare-ups. Actually, find it quite amusing on some levels, and then casually slip themselves into the winning side. You know, they're they're kind of like the, the the ones that are in the background, but they're actually quite driven. They're what we call the iron fist in the velvet glove. They have a strong will. They're quite determined. What I love about peacefuls is that if you want something done, ask them first and foremost, because they want to do it in the easiest, most relaxed way. They don't want to stress. They don't need to do a whole lot of things. They're motivated by rest. So they love to get the job done. They're hard workers, but then once they get to, to switch off, rest is their, their, their most beautiful place that they love to be. They tend to love you know, watching television or getting into, you know, Netflix series. Um, they love reading. They like their own quiet time. So do the powerfuls, actually. They like their own time. Um, but whereas the powerfuls will make people exhausted, the peacefuls tend to move away from people that exhaust them. Happy to participate and play. They love contribution, but they love switching off and people do exhaust them. 
Then we go to our playfuls, our sanguines. These guys are motivated by fun. It has to be, uh, there's got to be a lot of fun for them to contribute. They're usually high energy. They're someone that you want to have at the party because they make everyone else feel comfortable. They're the huggers. They're the ones that um, some people go, oh, my gosh, they're so they're airheads or they're never on time. But, you know, these people have a really beautiful glass half full attitude. They really do ch- control with charm. So where our powerfuls control um, with anger or a threat of anger, our peacefuls control with procrastination. That's how they'll get you by not doing what you ask them to do. The playfuls will control with charm. So, you know, it'll be like, oh, would you do that for me? Oh, you're so amazing. Aunt Jessie, you're incredible. And they that, want the peace. sounds like Kibby. Sounds like <laughs> Kibby to me. <laughs> you tell me all the time with that sort of little playful stuff, I tell you. Oh, come on, you too. <laughs> um, but they're real charmers and they love witty, engaging conversation. They love playing jokes. They love telling stories. They're metaphors. They're big picture. And then their opposite, if you like, is the precise, the the amazing melancholics. These people are more, they like, they do not like surprises. They like to know what the menu is, what was on the menu, what they were meant to bring, exactly what time they'd be. They're probably going to get there 15 minutes early. They, uh, they control with mood. So you know you're in trouble with one of these when they tut or they go, no, I'm fine. And we all know what fine stands for, freaking insecure, neurotic, and emotional. That's what that stands for. <laughs> um, but these people love order and structure. They really do like things. Um, everything has a place. Every place has a thing. And they don't like going outside the norm. They don't normally like change. But what's so beautiful about these types is they do all the jobs or they get things done that have to take order, like accountancy or making sure they love spreadsheets. They love lists. They even say there's a right way to put the toilet roll on the toilet roll holder, which apparently is up and over. They like to stack the dishwasher. They like everything to be done a certain way. The table, if you're going to a Precises for Christmas lunch or you've been there and you are coming into New Year's, everything's been planned. They probably had the menu planned weeks ago. They probably knew exactly where they were going to get their meat, their veggies, what time they're picking up the prawns. These people make order and structure. And, you know, they're quite artist, uh, artistic and they're quite emotional types. So they feel things deeply. They get really discouraged by the news. They get upset with um, things like, I mean, we all do, but animal cruelty in particular really hurts them and they don't like watching the news. It brings them down. And as I said, they they are incredibly artistic, so they tend to like, you know, a little bit of an eclectic twist. They love art and music and culture. They love research. They love knowing how to get the facts and figures. So when you think about it and you look at all four types, you can see that, yes, we can be a combination of two of them um, or we can sway into even a third one, but often there's someone you'll come up against who has a completely different way of viewing the world. And as I said, this work is quite um, profound in the sense that it helps us to understand others before we actually put our own viewpoint across makes you have less triggers around what someone else says because you can go, wow, they're just a powerful doing their thing or, oh, wow, they're a playful. We can expect Kim to be late or, you know, the precise is, oh, we better do it right just to make sure they're okay. Or the piece was, oh, they're having an afternoon sleep in the middle of Christmas lunch. Like where did they disappear? They needed to withdraw to get some more energy. But it's a way to look. Yep, that's why I love it. He often disappears halfway through a dinner. He could be somewhere I'm just putting my hand up because this is all so good and I don't want to stop you, but I have to. Because I remember when you did this at the Wellness Summit a few years ago. It must be more than a few years ago, maybe seven years ago. And we all broke off into different corners of the room, right? 
I was wanting to be in every corner of the room because like, I could. I knew that I had pieces of all of those personalities. So you say, you know, you want the toilet paper, you know, paper side up, flipped out. That's me, right? And then I, I love to state the dishwasher in a particular order. I want the forks all together, the knives all together, the plates have got them in a particular order, a certain angle, all of that. That's me. But I don't think I'm very melancholy. Like I can't do a spreadsheet to save myself. And but Amber does all that sort of stuff for me. And then I love the whole peaceful thing because you know I'm a lover, not a fighter. And then I love the playful thing, really, really good. And I want to be powerful, you know. So like, there's all those sorts of things that I've got to be, you know. So I think surely I could have each of those personalities. Is that possible? Well, and like I'm looking at Wendy. She reckons like multiples. Summer reckons she's multiple personalities. Uh, maybe they're Gemini's. I'm a Scorpio. I'm not a Gemini. And I know that Gemini's can have multiple personalities, but I, what's going, what's happening here? Well, you, you've got to appreciate all humans have all traits. We can be all of these things. And, in fact, one of the most beautifully balanced people are ones that can flick into each one of these types. But if you think about it, every one of us, I believe, 60% of us was made up with how we were born. And you only have to look at family dynamics to know that. You can have three or four kids, two kids raised in the same home, same values, same parents, same structures and rules, and yet they'll all respond to the way that we parent differently. Or one will see it as... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I guess another way to look at it is if that's the case, sometimes what you're saying that you want to be all of these things, that's because you're probably someone who thinks that (laughs) they're probably a playful at heart but can flick into introverted powerful and then you switch off with your peaceful and you're a wannabe precise and you've learnt how to be precise. And often we mask based on pleasing parents growing up or wanting to get it right or wanting to do something. So a real great way to know which one we are is to look at our emotional needs when stressed. So a powerful, when they're really stressed, what they need is control. They want to get control back. They need credit for their accomplishments. It's not that that's driven by ego, but when they're stressed, just tell them they're doing a great job, that no one else is going to do it the way they will, and we've all got your back. Don't get in their way, but tell them you've got your back because you believe in them. That's what they need for their accomplishments, and they need loyalty. If you so much as go behind them, it's not three strikes and you're out. It's one strike, and you are obliterated, and it'll take you 20 years to earn the right to be back in that space. So, you know, these people are really, when you think about if you get angry and that lights you up, that's... That's because you're probably first and foremost a powerful when stressed. Because let's face it, when we're stressed, emotions are high. Lizard brain, lizard brain. Yeah, we just and that's our true essence comes out. As opposed, what are you laughing at, Piercy? Piercy's laughing. (laughs) No, no, I'm just. It's like you went. Yeah, no, yeah, totally, totally clicked when she spoke about it because I've done this with Kim a number of times and I'm definitely powerful. But that need for control and uh, loyalty and ranks. The, my vocabulary around that is, is is so you're just hitting the mark 100 yeah. percent here, Kimmy. I know, I know. We all know at a wellness summit. If you go up and ask Marcus um, if he's got your slides or um, where's the pointer for the, the thing, if we haven't actually done the research ourselves, it flicks and it becomes this kind of very cross, angry, inflamed person in a very subtle, controlled way. But, yes, that's exactly what happens when you rattle his cage. Or oh, oh, my favourite one, where, like, where is where is the wellness summit again? <laughs> you feel like Darby, who's just been sprung, stealing the last M&M. 
Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? These, <laughs> like, you're going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> so much trouble. And you know, as I said, you know, they control with anger or a threat of anger. You only have to look at Marcus in those situations and he'll go, really? And that is enough. <laughs> That is enough to move away from that. Is that before that? or after the steam is coming out of his ears? <laughs> <laughs> so, and his glasses are fogged up. Oh, come on. Get on to the next one. Can be enough about me? Let's keep cracking on there. This is very good. Well, you're opposed, you're opposite, which is often what we marry or are attracted to because, of course, it brings balance and harmony to who we are and it helps us to see the part of us or activate the part of us that's not truly present. So often opposites attract. So the opposite of that is a beautiful, peaceful, phlegmatic. Now, when they're stressed, which sometimes can take a lot to push them to stress mode, but when they're stressed, uh, and here's a classic, a real peaceful if they're driving and trying to reverse park. You know, it's all quiet, but one of the kids has got music up loud and she's trying to, or he's trying to reverse park. It'll be a a zero to 100. Turn that music down. They need peace and quiet. (laughs) They need it to go really, for them to operate and to come out of that stress, they need Mm. peace and quiet. (laughs) They also need respect. You know, if you don't value them for who they are, not what they do, they will procrastinate more and it's kind of like that little net, net, net. They'll have you. You think you're rolling, ruling them and you're on top of them and you've got them under your thumb. Uh Uh-uh. As I said before, they are the most stubborn or the iron fist in the velvet glove. They also want acceptance. So, you know, as I said, accepting them for who they are, not for what they should do, because so many peacefuls do it in their own time. They're powerful leaders. They're powerful initiators and workers, but they like to do it in their time frame. So if you rattle that, that stresses them. They'll switch off to their controlling uh, ability, which is to procrastinate. So, you know, they remember that. They need peace and quiet. Uh, respect, valued for who they are, and acceptance for what they do and, and what who they are, not what they do. Then we go to our playfuls. When now, when you see a playful that's stressed, they'll be in a flap. They need to talk about it. They, you know, turn up with a bottle of wine with a piece, with a playful because they want to talk the problem out. They also need attention, affection, acceptance, and approval. They need to know that they they hate being in your bad books. They don't like falling out with people, um, but they don't realize that sometimes the the way they just openly blurt things out is what upsets people. Uh, they can be seen as an airhead sometimes, but that's because they don't have any control. They're just so excited by life, and they just love to know that you love them. And so if you um, want to make one of these guys feel well and feel great, then make sure there's an element of fun, but give them the attention they're craving. You know, make sure you tell them they're amazing. Karen can be a playful, but she's actually, she switches into playful, but she's actually a precise. Everything she does is quite anal. Everything about her is incredibly structured, but she knows how to flick into playful and it's on stage or around people. She gets drained by people. She loves people, but she can switch off from them very quickly and she needs to pull away. So does Cindy, actually. Um, Both of those types, she's a powerful. um, Cindy's a powerful, playful. Karen's a precise, powerful. I'm a playful, powerful. So all three of us have powerful in us and we have a real amazing, respectful relationship for our differences because of that. But, yeah, Karen's actually got very a lot of precise. But, you know, with the playfuls, remember, they need attention, affection, acceptance and approval. Turn up with the wine or kombucha, depending on what what diet they're doing at the moment because it's whatever's in (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're quickly and easily distracted and persuaded to do other things and if they're on a real task focused orientated job and you ring and say do you want to do coffee or wine it's like drop a hat they're out of there because it's about having fun their opposite 
the precise needs space, silence, sensitivity, and support. Now, when I say space, they need some time to withdraw. They've got to think it through why something's upset them. They'll go, oh, they play it over and over and over. Paralysis by analysis. These guys, they have to go, and they'll remember. They have the most incredible memory out of all the types. So if you've said something, they will never let you forget it. But when you say space, that doesn't mean abandon them. It's like what you do with one of these types is you'll go, hey, I can see you're stressed. No worries because they don't like everyone to know their business. They can't stand playfuls. The way playfuls will tell everybody about their life story. If you do that to a precise, they just think you're unbelievably ignorant because you shouldn't be sharing people's business. But these people, um, they need to know that you're there for them. So you can say, hey, I can see you're a bit stressed. Do it quietly because they don't want the whole world to know their stress. But if you need some space or do you need a hug or do you need some help, just just know I'm here for you. You've got this. And you're so right. One of the best words you can say to one of these ones is you're so right. No matter what they say, just say you're so right because that's their favorite word on the planet because everything in their world has to be right. They need silence. So, again, a bit like the peacefuls, they can't operate with a lot of noise. They love classical music to, to numb out the noise. Um, they are quite sensitive to types and they also need support but at a distance do not get in their comfort zone do not be a playful and oh i'll give you a hug that's the last thing you do to one of those types their sphincters tighten the minute <laughs> the minute you open up any sort of interaction or getting in their space but ultimately i mean this is just a very quick insight it's my 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 my, my focus with this is that you get to see that we're all different not wrong and this is where it gets a bit curly for me is that there's two here that don't, it's almost like uh, that you actually can't have like, uh, and, and that's again a bit an, an absolute term, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there's, there's no playful, precise or powerful, peaceful. No, correct? but what you'll find is that they've masked it. So they've been, they, they might have been born a playful, but they've got a lawyer, parent. Oh, I'll tell a story. And a beautiful guy that I did my training with, a beautiful Asian man from Texas. Now, you can imagine with Asian parents, one was a doctor, one was a lawyer. What did they expect him to be? He ended up training as a lawyer, but he was actually a playful. So all his life, he lived his life playing out as a precise, did his degree, did everything by the book. But when we're doing our opposite or a personality that's not us, it's actually exhausting. It's been proven in the brain. I know for me to do the tax, I can do it. I hate it. Mm. I don't like doing it. I can do it. I feel great when it's done. In fact, I want you all to praise me when it's done because I did such an amazing <laughs> job to do it. But it takes a lot of brain energy to be that. So he got to a certain point. People will call it a midlife crisis. I'll call it a midlife awakening. He'd had enough of being a lawyer. And he opened a, a beautiful music shop. He played in a band on weekends. He's very creative and artistic, very out there, loves entertaining, loves singing. And within one year became one of the most successful music shops in downtown Houston. Now, people thought it was crazy. His parents couldn't believe it, the judgment and the perception, because remember, they were seeing it through their eyes, not his. But he said he came alive. Did yeah. I say everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just letting it soak in. I think every time I hear you talk about this, Kim, it's uh, another level of understanding um, and awakening. Where do you think most people fall over? Is it like the love languages where people give their love language to their partner instead of actually understanding, you know, Damien and I often talk that, you know, you know, Amber is quality time and Sarah is acts of service, so we work as... We're both, we're both physical touch. 
Yes. Yeah. And so, so Damien and I make sure that we don't, we don't go and just, <laughs> yeah, we don't go for that with our wives first. We actually know that our physical touch is often satiated when we give quality time and acts of service. Is it the same with the personality? So if people are watching or listening to this now going, all right, I know I'm a playful and my spouse is uh, a peaceful. Um, what do you suggest? for people to you know to meet how, how do they put, yeah how do they you know what i'm saying how do they um how do they lean in 30 to 50 percent yes well, the, the more you try and understand someone else and listen to what their needs are remember their needs and this is the most important thing and you might want to put that little one page thing in there so that people have got access to this i want thing. them to buy your book kim because without without the without the book that one page is hard to give yeah. a lot of context on true so the the whole point of it is is if you can talk into someone's needs not just yours filter out your story but actually listen to somebody for who they are you will have a whole new perspective i'll give you an example danny is a peaceful precise i'm a playful powerful I'm in the kitchen cooking. I love my kitchen. I have my pats and pots, pats and ponds, pots and pans out on the bench. I've got all cupboards open so that I'm easily accessible. It could look a bit chaotic, but in my mind, I've got it and I quickly do the dishes and I get it all done. Danny walks into the kitchen and he sees World War Three. So what he does in his good heart is he shuts all the drawers, puts things all away because he sees an accident or a kid running into the corner of the drawer. Or Now, I could look at that and go, why are you doing that to me? Why are you being such a pain? You're so pedantic. And he could be looking at me going, you're so erratic and so freaking out of control. It's ridiculous. But when you understand this work, I realize that he's just come in and seen a problem. I'm looking at it as seeing nothing but artistic creativity. And when you understand that, you stop judging the other person for doing what they do rather than you go, oh, and so our nicknames for years has always been <laughs> Playful Pam and Perfect Pete. You know, so we always have this little, when one of us does it or does something that really ruptures, if I've not hung the socks the right way or stacked the dishwasher, apparently there is a correct way to do it. But if I haven't done it right, I'll just go, oh, righto, perfect Pete. Sorry about that. And, you know, we end up laughing about it, which humor is the greatest dissipator of human um, aggravation and conflict. Humor without facetiousness and condescending, of course, but it's one of the most beautiful things to do and to realize. You know, I had another situation. I spoke at a school. I had 80 mums and daughters in front of me. And again, I put them all into their quadrants because it's really cool to see who you are away from your family or friends or partners or whatever. And this beautiful, powerful mum stood up. She was South African. And she stood up. Her daughter was sitting over in the peaceful. And she just stood up and she said, Ahmed, I have to tell you, hey, I can't keep going with the accent. No, no, do. It's really good. You're very good at it. Can you please keep going with the South African accent? Ahmed, it's, it's terrible of me. Hey, I have not seen you for who you are. And she asked her daughter to stand up and she said, my darling, I have done nothing but see the world through my eyes and wanted you to be like me because she always thought that the way she did life was the correct way. The daughter started crying because for the first time in her life, she realized she was the complete opposite of her mother and to be seen by somebody who loves you is one of the greatest, most beautiful gifts we could ever bestow on another human. Yeah. Wow. Kim. Can I say something? Yes, please do, Damo. Thanks. Kimmy, you said something there that I love and I think 
is really important for people to understand because in our health space, right, in our world, we have health values that we aspire to and we live by and we have to make decisions and choices around those health values and as um, no nobody wants to be wrong. In fact, everybody wants to live their life according to the way they want to live their life because they think it's right. So the decisions that we make uh, might be seen by other people as being wrong because they make a different decision and they want to be seen to be right. And so this is a situation, it's, it's a situation that we all find ourselves in uh, when we have to talk about our health values. Uh, and what you said before is that nobody's wrong, they're just different. And so you said two beautiful things that interlink there that I think really important for everybody to, uh, to who's watching this or listening to this would just keep in their mind that nobody wants to be wrong and nobody is wrong, they're just different. And I think it's a really great, beautiful perspective to, to keep. Yeah, thank you. And I think it's so profound and powerful. If you think about it, we are one of these predominantly. That means we are seeing the world 25% of the other 75% of people viewing it. And that's mm. quite a big difference when you realize that I'm only seeing it through my 25% vision. And there's another 75% of different thoughts, feelings, views, and opinions. And often we can see conflict with somebody else just because they don't agree with us. Wouldn't it be cool if we could all say, wow, that's a really interesting perspective. Actually sounds quite playful the way you're talking. And even though that doesn't light me up because fun is not high on my values list, I actually want to have order before I can have fun. But I hear you. Isn't that cool? Mm. Rather than I don't agree with you or you're wrong, which is you're exactly right. what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Well, this is, you know, when you look at the trouble we're in at the moment with making decisions that are pre-legislation now because somebody else has a different value, they legislate it these days. So um, and that's, that's a big challenge for people who have a health philosophy that's different, you know, moving away from legislation. So this is a really great thing for us to be all considering. Absolutely. Well, think about it this way too, guys. Most politicians, a lot of them, you can imagine which personality type they would sit in, people that make decisions, people that are go-getter, they want to make a difference, they want to change the world. They're sitting mm -hmm. up there, a lot of them sit in the powerful choleric quadrant. Oh, no, Trump's definitely a peaceful, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And then now scientists are often sitting there in the precise. You know, they analyze everything. They like to work it all out. So we have a whole bunch, a left brain, because if we put the brain on top of this model, it's actually a left brain way of thinking. And they love analysis. They love work. They love to know that they can make a difference. But they're seeing it out of the left side, the very, you know, um, sequential, organized, mathematical, ordered, controlling viewpoint. Well, what they're forgetting is there's another 50% of people on the planet who are going, I'll do it if I have to, but they're trying to comply, but maybe they don't always agree. And I'm not saying that playfuls do or don't agree with it or precise is whatever. I'm just saying the way we think and the way we're being governed and the way science sits. Again, I'm speaking generally, of course, but it's profound when you start realizing that some of the decisions that are being made are made with a 15, uh, sorry, a 25% viewpoint. And there's 75% of other people. You know, there was a politician here on the Sunshine Coast who couldn't get into parliament. And he came along to my talk, his wife, who's precise, peaceful. She asked him to come. He didn't think he had time. He's a powerful. And he didn't think he had time. But to keep his wife happy, he came along. Well, of course, I made a fuss of him because I knew he was coming and I wanted I knew how much it meant to her to be hurt, to have 
this work heard. Well, at the end of that two-hour presentation, he came up to me and said, could I, have, could I book some time with you? And I said, sure. Now, I know nothing about politics. I have no idea how it works. I am interested to a certain level, but when it starts getting all um, showmany and opinions and all of that, I kind of don't understand that. But regardless, I was really impressed. Now, he told me his story. He was a gentleman that grew up in Victoria, moved to the Sunshine Coast with his pregnant wife. He was a builder. He built this home on the Sunshine Coast. And during the time of building this home on the Sunshine Coast, his family home, he then realized there was a litigation and a big thing for blue collar workers. So he traveled to Gympie, stood in the back of the courtroom in this Gympie courtroom and watched how the blue collar worker got really quite harshly treated, decided in that moment he wanted to become a lawyer, spent four years driving from the Sunshine Coast to the train station in Landsborough, getting the train down to Brisbane, going to university. And in that meantime, they had four children over this period, four daughters. Now, when he was telling me this, and I said, why do you want to be a politician? And why do you want to do this? And then he said, you know, I want to make change. I want to get the infrastructure right. We've got to get global development. And we want to be seen on the sunshine, blah, 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 blah. I fell asleep as he was telling me because it was like there was no fun in that to me. And I just looked at him and I said, I really appreciate you. I really admire you. But you're talking to me from a powerful perspective, which I get because you know what? You guys get shit done. But talk to the playfuls. Talk to the peacefuls. Talk to the peace, uh, precises. How are you going to do this? What laws are you going to create? What structures are in place? What strategy and planning and processing are you doing? How are we going to create community events to make everybody feel a part of it and that there's fun as we grow and develop the Sunshine Coast? And what are we going to do to touch their hearts, souls, and spirits to make everybody feel like they belong? And he looked at me and so I said to him, I said, this is how I would tell my story. Again, get to the Sunshine Coast. I was back at the in the back of the courtroom watching this, and I knew I had to make a difference. So I took the train for four years, and because the infrastructure wasn't great, I didn't care, but I knew by becoming a lawyer, I would be able to help the Sunshine Coast develop because of my insights and understanding infrastructure and roadworks and how I could support everybody. And you know what? I decided to become a barrister because I wanted to make a difference. But it was bigger than that. My purpose is more than that. I knew that I could impact this region because I'd also say this, no man should ever not be able to say goodnight to his four daughters or see them every morning and miss out on that for four years. That's why I'm here. And he looked at me and he got all teary. Anyway, he delivered his speech the following week. He's now our local MP. He's he's always in Parliament. And I just, I just, I really love the fact that he heard that it wasn't just the powerful's way of looking at things. He spoke to all of us when he delivered that speech. So great, Kimmy. I want him to come to Victoria. We need a new premier. That'd be good. <laughs> Bugger off, Dan. Uh, so that, anyway, um, not being political, but um, he, uh, this has been amazing, and I know we've got to wrap it. One of the things that was interesting recently was that somebody said that they love our podcast because it's funny. And then someone said that we should actually tell a joke at the end of it. And so I don't want to dismiss anything of what you've said, Kim, because it's so incredible. And you, everyone listening to that, if you didn't feel that in your heart, um, you need to go back and watch it again because it definitely it should touch you. And it should remind you of how important everybody else's perspective actually is. So it's just so, so good, Kimmy. Um, well done. Thank you. But I'm going to share something with you guys. Like, and It's a bit of a riddle, I suppose. And uh, and so I want you just to look at your hand and just like count how many fingers you've got in your hand and, then, and realize that we've got two of these. So how many fingers do we actually have? 
So arguable. Four or five? Oh, no, I include the thumb. Is it okay, five. Five? Yeah, okay. So we've got five fingers on one hand. So if we've got two hands, how many fingers do we have? Ten. Ten. Well, I would say that it's 11. So just count them because it tells you that there's 11 fingers. I'll tell you. Watch. <laughs> watch. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, plus 5 is 11. <laughs> is that right? It's 11 fingers. <laughs> is that true? 10, oh, 9, you 8, made a smile. Plus 5 is 11. That's With 11 it. fingers. I don't, it's just got me so. Damo's joke of the week. I've got a better joke. I've got a better one. Oh, go on. My mum joke of rule. There's these two cows standing in a paddock, and one oh, says yes. to the other, there's no way I'm going to get that mad cow disease. And the other one looks at her and goes, what makes you so sure? And he goes, oh, I'm a squirrel. <laughs> oh, this is going on a very different uh, tangent to what I thought. I was going to tell everyone to go and buy the book, go and get go and get Why Can't You Be Normal Like Me, the best $15 you'll spend uh, this year. Get on board. You'll learn. The, I don't know if there's jokes in there, but you might get a few bonus jokes at the end of the book. You never know. Um, there are four. There are nine publications on 28.com which you could actually buy. But if you haven't got one of the nine, the very first is Why Can't You Be Normal Like Me? The very second is The Art of Self-Love Book by the incredible Kim Morrison. Kim, as always, you are a joy to have some time with. Uh, again, we've had you on the podcast twice. It should be 10 times. But again, we could we could carry on this conversation. Um, it could be 100. 100 times. That's it. Um, the fact that we're on 100, not out, the fact that this is a longevity podcast, you understand this work. You can imagine the amount of stress that gets reduced from our lives based on our judgments and opinions of others or whether we're accepted or whether we're being heard or not this work i'm not i'm not joking changes relationships heals relationships saves marriages and can certainly reduce stress loads on our physiology in such a way that we finally feel understood so i might joke about it and i might be very hyper about it but i'm so passionate about this kind of work because if we can reduce our stress levels if we can connect on a deeper level if we can seek to understand before we're understood if we can appreciate that everybody's different not wrong and if we can truly value the real meaning of love and connection then that is why i do what i do yeah and you do it so well now kim i've had one remembrance i want you to i'm going to put you on the spot as you talk your self-love mentorship program can people enroll in 2021 is it something they can be a part of i know it was a hit in 2020 uh off the top of your head how can people find out more if they're loving this and they want some practical support how do they do it uh kim morrison training.com Easy. There's a whole lot of information in there around the programs that I offer, but the self-love and wellness mentorship is a way to be seen and understood, to be different, and to be really in a space of learning, developing, and personally growing. You're not only your intelligence, but your emotional intelligence, and also appreciating that, you know, the most important gift you can give to yourself is the gift of personal growth and development. Kim Morrison, you angel, may the rest of your life continue to be the best of your life. Thanks for joining us on 100 Not Out. Love you both. We love you too. Don't go anywhere, Kimmy. Damo, thank you for your wisdom as always on the podcast. Thank you, PC. I think I contributed a bad joke and that's about it. No, you you contributed a lot more than that. And on the very next episode, Damo, get ready for it. Don't go anywhere because the next episode, folks, is Damo's Trends 
for 2021. You do not want to miss that edition of 100 Not Out coming up next week. Uh, Happy New Year to every single one of you that listened to 100 Not Out. All the very best to you in 2021. Thank you for your support of the podcast. And until next time, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.